Audio sounds great. Lighting looks great. Hey, Print Hustlers, welcome back to the Printavo Print Hustlers podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printavo. We've got Ms. Stephen Farrig out of Campus Inc. Um, we've got three days away from Print Hustlers Conf 2022. That's going to be exciting in Fort Worth, Texas. Make sure to check out printhustlers.com to get your ticks. Um, couple of sponsors we just want to mention real quick that are awesome supporters of the show, that are awesome supporters of Print Hustlers Conf as well. And they joined us for the Megapod. They did oh, join us for the Megapod <laughs> in Fort Worth. It was, that was a, that was wild. Yeah. Easy Way was there. GraphX was there. Golden Boys almost signed their GraphX contract, which is sweet. So we'll start with GraphX. Graphic source, 1900hotstuff.com. Where do I start? If you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, go to 1900hotstuff.com. Graphic source offers industry-leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of your team. They plug and play with Printavo and other shop management software. So when it comes to sets, mock-ups, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office admin, or customer service, there's no better company in our industry to work with. With over 30 years in the game, they really know and understand your shop's need and have a proven track record of success. Hit them up, graphicsource.com, and mention the Printavo pod for 50% off your first vector, sep, or embroidery order. You shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy ways a line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster and more efficiently and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. We had a fun time hanging out with the Easy Way gang. Um, shouts out, Alex. and, and uh, Alex had a mullet? Yeah, it's called Easy Mullet. Easiest way mullet. Um, he was in our booth too for a minute. We need to, if Chris has a photo, we need a pop up photo right here. Bruce, have you heard of uh, Multicraft underscore daddy? Mm. If you need ink supplies or a daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years has been providing you with top brands at competitive prices. Mention the Printavo podcast and receive an extra 10% off your order. Dave Eggers uh, runs that Instagram. And he needs a little love. 488. We, Dave, you need to post a little bit more. Post a little bit more. Although you that po- is a 1.7% increase from last week. We're tracking it, Dave. If you hear this, you need to post. We need more bad dad posts as much as possible. That may be um, the niche. Mention Printable Pod. Extra 10% off your order, which is awesome. Thank you for offering. And last but not least, we have Supercolor. Think about this. How can you print high color counts, gradients, or hard to print locations and a bunch more? Well, Supercolor has an amazing new guide on how to do this using heat transfers. It's got more info like different types of transfers, how to price, and what to buy for a quality of heat press. Heat press. They have put out uh, an ebook that is absolutely fantastic. You can check it out at supercolor.com slash print hustlers, um, or there's a link in the description. We use Supercolor every day in our shop. We're super appreciative of them. We're thankful for them putting out resources because heat press um, and, and digital transfers are taking over our industry. Thanks, Supercolor. How's your shop been? We are, uh, we're in fourth quarter and so it's happy fourth quarter day. Fourth quarter started on Monday mm. and, uh, usually fourth quarter goes off the hinges around November and it went off the hinges today. <laughs> Why? Um, I have no idea. Well, I have some idea. We are uh, launching all of these school platforms. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see, I post all about these school platforms for every single school. 
mm-hmm. and uh, we have 21 to build as soon as possible. Um, and Adam Cook and the team, they're all on Shopify. Um, and what's crazy about them is the athletes drive all of the traffic and the schools help drive the traffic too. And so uh, we launched a school that went viral like the first two days and we're like, holy crap, everyone worked OT to like get everything out. And then we launched the second school and it's done like three times as much sales in the first week. Um, and yeah, so I've spent, I'm spending a few more days in Champagne right now to just catch up. Um, it's just, it's all new stuff and we're obviously using a lot of transfers. We're customizing the back of every shirt. I don't know why that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, is that like, like what is what are the, what are the processes that are breaking from, from normal is it new people that's involved in it is it just new products is it new way of doing it because you're like trying to live basically on like true on demand fulfillment yeah so it's new tech um it's a whole new platform that we built into shopify that's able to support this so actually the 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 way that the technology works we're deploying it for like this first or second time so we're finding bugs along the way, obviously, as we built it, because you know um, that's kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. And then we're also customizing the back of every shirt on demand, which we've never done before. With so like the name w- and number, or? with a name and a number, yeah. So any item that's sold on the store uh, basically gets the player's name and number on the back. Um, so. There's so many different steps that are just slightly different. It's all things that we know how to do. But to to put them in line and make them all run at the same time is definitely, it's hard. Um, now, one thing that we did last year was we, we started working with a 3PL provider. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah, I told you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for anything that we hold in inventory so that we don't have to do that fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So we have to do all the fulfillment that's basically Are you still the using on, the same one? I can't remember. Yeah, you you Geodis, eLogistics, mm-hmm. they're great. Um so now, now we're basically clearing out our warehouse space. We are resetting our shop. We are moving all of our presses over and trying to maximize our fulfillment space. So we are going to have to move electric lines, gas lines, dryers, all that stuff in like two weeks. So we're making it work until we, we get to that point, but we're busting at the seams again a little too early. But yeah, yeah and, and the other thing is these are all new employees, like all this NIL stuff is new. So we're figuring it out as we go. So this is the first time really diving into NIL heavy this fall. We did it for one school last year. Right. And now you've got how many schools? 21 and to launch <laughs> okay, this fall. <laughs> Plus like, do you, you know, this isn't like a slight to the team, but do you think there'll be a bunch of new people again next year when maybe there's 50 or 60 schools? Yes. is that like i mean from my you know naive outsider view like how do you make that easier or is it just somebody's just showing everybody manually how to do it constantly like is there a way to document this stuff or no yeah so we've been writing down everything um our leadership team is awesome and so Uh they've been writing down literally everything like screenshot write this down write an sop for this do that the thing about it is like you only think about the next problem, right? Like when you're iterating really fast, you kind of have this like out of necessity is when you innovate, right? Like, I don't know if you can think about early times at Printavo where you're like, uh, that's not a problem yet, 
Yeah. But when we get there, we'll solve it. Right. Now it's all uh, the problem. <laughs> so out of necessity, now we've, we've, we've figured out all the sales part. Now it's the necessity of production. Got it. Um, and, and streamlining it. And, you know, there's a lot of manual processes and that's totally okay. But, you know, we have a lot more, a lot more employees, some technical, some non-technical. Um, we're in two locations too, which makes it tough. But yeah, I mean, I keep telling the team like every day we'll just make a, a small change and we're going to make something better and better and better. And so just just last week, we actually worked with GraphX to build us a tool. They like wrote us a script to gang um, names and numbers together properly. And so they have like an engineer that was able to do that. And that right there saved us like 20 hours of work per store, you know. What do you mean, um, getting it to get like on the same sheet? When y- yeah, like whether it was gang sheets or being able to rapid mock up um, for lots of names and numbers. Like at Purdue, we've got 120 athletes. So when someone orders Ackerman number one, we need to be able to print that transfer off and get it on a shirt as quickly as possible. So they've been helping us out writing some scripts to be able to automate the art process, which automates production, which helps us on the fulfillment side. And, you know, I'm buying heat presses like Eric's heat presses as fast as I can. Um, (laughs) Those heat presses are sick, by the way. So I don't know. Out of necessity, you have to innovate. And unfortunately, that's kind of how my job rolls is like we solve one problem and now it's like, oh, shit, production. Right. Right. Bruce, do you remember early on when you were forced to innovate like last second and you're like, crap, we're here. I just have to get in the weeds and do it. Can you think back to a time? Especially when I was building a lot of the functionality, it was everything was just last second and also breaking last second. I remember distinctly when you built automations or unlimited. Remember when you're like, we're going to give or no approvals. Mm, Do you remember yeah, that? We used to have two approvals and they were set, right? Or was it one? One. Gosh, I can't remember a world where they were set. And then you're like, dude, you got to have more for different stuff. I need to be able to customize this. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to work on some of this other stuff. I remember vividly like you called and you're like, Hey, we're going to be able to add two approvals. And then it was like, wait, you were like talking on the phone and you're like, Oh, we need an, we need unlimited approvals. This isn't going to work. And then literally like, I don't know what happened within the next 36 hours. You're like, okay guys, we've got multiple approvals. Now we're good to go. It was the wild west days. Yeah. What else? What are other, do you other have like distinct days where you had to just like code all night to like, that was, was it search search recently that got five years. Uh, search is being worked on, but just this stuff now takes a little bit more time. Um, it just touches a lot of things like search. For example, it's crazy that our vendor for search literally essentially just disappeared. So we, we sort it's, it's something called elastic. So basically it makes it so everything is really quick. And uh, the vendor that we use to store that data, they said, Amazon's charging us this crazy bill. They know that that's not right and we shouldn't be paying it. So unfortunately we're shutting down and we're like, <laughs> we're like what? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, and they're like, yeah, we're, we're closing. Here's how you get your data off. And, uh, you, you know, sorry. And that and was so, within 24 hours. Yeah. And, and the team like really jumped in super quick to be able to spin up another in, you know, server to basically to move search to and to use it. Now it was like that one was built on those stilts, you know, like where you see 
like some of those houses that are out in the water, they've got like four, four basically toothpicks holding it up. Um, that's how it's been set up. But then now they're like really revamping it. So it's super scalable. Uh, but there's so much required because we're going to use that opportunity to fix search as well. So you could search on different fields and Bruce, do you think, okay, here, I'm going to pose a question. Do you think business owners don't push the envelope out of a fear of like, what if I hit that? Oh shit moment. People think I'm a little crazy sometimes because I'll be like, yeah, yeah, just build them and deploy them and we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. And now we have 1400 orders in our queue to get out. <laughs> I mean, and they're like, did, did you ever think about this? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't, I feel yeah. like some people, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think most people are wired. Like your team is wired to need railroad tracks to run on. And most business owners don't need those road. Tra- You're the one that's laying down the tracks. Um, and so it scares people to do that. And I think for the majority of the time, it, but it's good that you, that it's just like, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure it out in the next step. Or else you just get paralyzed by trying to over perfect something when you just honestly, do you know what the problems you would have had a year ago? Probably like maybe some, but not, not the details and everything that you're working on now. So make the decision. I, I think it's, Somebody said, I can't remember now, but it was just make the 1% improvement and have your team focus on making 1% improvements every day. And they compound so much over time. So if we improve just this one thing or move the location of this one thing or, or improve how this integrates with that one, 1% every day, um, you'll see some pretty big benefits and also the team. So if you have like five people doing 1%, that's great. But now what if you have 20 people doing 1%? So Bruce, if I'm trigger happy and I'm usually the one to pull the trigger on things, what are you? Are you, you're, you're pretty hesitant. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm trigger happy. I will take risks, but not, there's no hurricane Bruce. Um, like there's hurricane Steven. <laughs> Which for the audience, uh, so at impressions is kind of funny. So I'm just like working in the hotel room and I forgot like Steven was going to stay because uh, I had an extra bed there and he comes in and like lays his stuff on the bed and everything of which I was like, oh my God, there's somebody breaking in. And I turned around real quick <laughs> and it was like you walking through because you got a card and then, you know, you open your luggage <laughs> and there's a, uh, there's a caution jacket and you're like, all right, perfect. Now I'm going to put this safety jacket on next time I go into the production area. <laughs> so that so everybody knows, <laughs> but no, you're right. I, I, I definitely will like take it slower and like to get a couple external thoughts about something and then make the decision and, and keep pushing it forward. Um, I think that's how we're different. Yeah. And I've definitely seen, uh, I talk with Ryan more about this sometimes actually. And cause he's very, he's more so like you where he just like pulls trigger and just moves on. And he was like, yeah, you, you're, you know, you're slower with, uh, he didn't say it like that, like in a negative way, but he's like, Hey, you, you know, you'll, you'll take a little bit to, to figure it out. Maybe I, think I was you- more so earlier, but like later, I think, I think what happens is, is the business grows and the momentum grows the wrong decisions tend to create bigger issues or, or like picking different paths, create more severe issues to dig out of. For example, 
a wrong hire is just such a pain in the butt to dig yourself back out of or a wrong system or a piece of functionality or something like that, that it makes me slow down a little bit more. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm more hesitant than I used to be because I think every decision has a bigger impact the bigger you get. Mm-hmm. Um, where sometimes when we were smaller, people would be like, oh, can we do this? And you're like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. But now it's like, whoa, what is the impact on that? How is that going to scale? Is it going to be sustainable? Is it going to last? I know like me and Kevin Baumgart text you about houses we should buy in Airbnb and you're like, guys, this is a stupidest freaking idea. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are like, it's funny because they'll they'll text and say, dude, do you see this house? This looks great. I we could Airbnb it out. Like there's so many, you know, parents weekends and all this stuff. And then I'll just start like, like, okay, you know, sounds interesting. And I'll just get out a piece of paper, start writing down numbers and everything, like adding it up. And I'm just like, I, I think this may be in the red for like quite a while, guys. <laughs> like, like Kevin's look. like, I'm in. I'm like, I'm in. We're all like, yeah. Bruce, question mark. He's like, uh, uh, Do you, no. <laughs> are you guys seeing this? Like, <laughs> this is not going to look good. <laughs> I mean, okay, we'll switch gears for a second. Hiring, hiring slow, firing fast. Yeah, I'm not, see, you know, I think in theory it makes a lot of sense. My problem is I give a lot of chances, so I end up not firing fast. And so if I can hire slow, wait, what is this saying? Hire slow, fire. Yeah, yeah. So Bruce I hire, slower. hire slower, a little bit slower, and then fire at an okay speed. <laughs> that way I think I balance it. And that way I'm like eight for 10 versus versus maybe the turnover, maybe hire in different areas. I don't know. Do you feel I, like you're eight for 10 for hires or four for five? I don't know. We're not going to talk. No stats. We don't do stats. I, I will say, I will say, um, I had to fire someone fast a couple of weeks ago trying to find, you know, people in ops, leadership in ops. And I think I got duped maybe, but they also, this person also duped all of everyone on my team. Like everyone was like head over heels, like, Oh, this is awesome. You know, came in, said all the right things, was at a job for a long time first day was fine. Second day was fine. And then I, I had to leave for a couple days. So they were kind of passed off to a buddy and what I came back. Was this? this would be like operations, um, like oversee operations, not even production okay. manager, but like everything. Okay. It's like a big hire. Um, and, uh, I came back the following week and, and I got a call and first thing was like, yeah, they take a smoke break every 45 minutes. And I'm like, great. It's fine. You know, we can work past that, whatever. And then it was like, I came in and I asked like two employees, I was like, Hey, how'd it go? And their faces just dropped. And I was like that bad, huh? And I'm like, well, like hasn't taken a single note, coming late, leaving early, doing this, doing that. And so I was like, okay, well, sounds like we need to fire him. And their faces just dropped. And I was in kind of this, like, I don't give a fuck attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, no guys, like if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. We're not going to even try to have someone that's not going to mesh well with us. If it's week one and this is not working, we need to cut, cut bait and move on. And so I kind of took him outside and said, Hey, um, have you taken any notes? Like, no, no, I haven't taken any notes. Like I got these big washy, like, Whoa, I'm just trying to optimize and learn everything. I was like, how do you learn something if you haven't taken a note? Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. I'd rather pay you for the next two weeks and, and send you on your way to find something else. And that was it. And First of I all, that s- was very generous of you to pay you for the next two weeks. 
I wouldn't you know have done what? that. He, I felt bad because I'm like, I'd rather not look like, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm trying to like put both of us out of our misery. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. There's like a respect there that it's like, look, it didn't work out. This was a mistake. And, and he kind of you know, shrugged and was like, yeah, makes sense. And I was like, okay, sweet. And that was it. And I was like, you can go figure it out with someone else now. Um, that was a good fire fast. That was a very, that was my first ever fire fast. Probably the fastest I've ever fired someone in my life ever. Because most of the time, if you get those red flags after 30 days, yeah, it's not gonna do they do they ever correct themselves i mean i think i think you're spot on and and maybe maybe it's just needing more reps like it's hard it's hard to get reps doing that because you don't want to and it like emotionally affects them too but you're right and and they're not gonna change i mean it's just especially that early i mean that's where it's it's like you're 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 dating it's like when you're you're first dating you you know you're like wearing nice clothes and like showering and <laughs> you know and then and and doing nice things and everything and then i don't know a couple of years in those things aren't the, in the honeymoon phase as much you know you when you shower, stop showering shower maybe once a week but no yeah you're right I mean, we we got duped though too you know it's like we got duped um by uh somebody who kind of similar although it lasted a lot longer but um, wasn't doing what they said they were. And then it created a lot of cultural issues and then people uh, wanting to quit. And um, that's when I pulled the trigger. Uh, I will say that I thought about that hire as far as why, like A, how could I have hired someone and not made that mistake? And then B, how could I have found this out faster? So instead of a year or two, it was a couple months. Um, so where'd I you, think, where'd you mess up there? Do you think yeah. it was like KPIs? So think, like, did, what was I think, it? Well, the KPIs were fine. So it's actually that that's the interesting part, right? So like, and that's why I stepped back more because it was, all right, well, I mean, we're doing well from a KPI perspective. I think still being in touch with some of my non-direct reports. So some of the maybe OG members grabbing lunch or whatever, and like just having a good rapport there would have helped. Um, I think leaning on potentially more references. So any sort of mm. management or above role, um, reaching out to a couple references and trying to go as deep as possible there. Uh, Bruce, do you guys use Lattice or like Leapsum or something? We just did sign up actually for Lattice. So we use Leapsum to do reviews and we went through a full review cycle that was successful for the first time or everyone did like a quarterly thing or annual. Yeah. Thing? It was a five. It was Leap five. Leapsum is the same as Lattice. Oh, um, okay. This podcast is not sponsored by either of them. They're, ex- they're expensive, but they allowed for self-reflection and it was like everyone had to give themselves a score. Yeah. Um, and I think the coolest part was like we documented everything and it's there. It's like on their file. Did you guys have that at Printavo? Like yeah, before we guys- just started. Okay. And by the way, Lattice is only... $11 per month plus depending on whatever you want. So like maybe you can add this other cool options for bucks a month. So it's like $15 per user per month. So not bad. So what we were doing with one-on-ones before is doing it in word docs. The problem is, is over time people want uh, more growth. Um, like they want more growth and, and making it like a, a feeling that they're moving forward. It makes total sense. And, and we need to help foster that. So, 
Lattice is just like a Word doc, but more specifically for that. So you can put in questions, agenda items, tasks, stuff to keep up with it. And then you can actually put in career trajectory stuff in there too. So that helps to show, all right, in a year, I want to be a senior X. And to get there, here's how to do it. And then you can track to that. It's actually really cool. We just kicked it off. Is this with KPIs too? Um, no, no. K- oh, you or could. You could. O- so you can do OKRs, which is another thing. Uh, what does that stand for? Objective key results. Objective. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you the objective is what you want someone to achieve, and then the key results are how they're going to actually get there. And that's another hmm. style of management is OKRs, which um, we have implemented as well. And we'll say for the year, here's the different objectives from the CEO, we'll say. And then underneath, each team has different key results to achieve that objective. So uh, wait, where are we going with this? Oh, hiring the, slow. The, yeah, slower, like, hiring I don't know, slowest. but I don't know if that tool would have helped to have figured out if this person wasn't good sooner, though. Yeah. I mean, I um, think, something that something yeah. that we're starting to do with account managers is projects. Um, uh, for hiring or f- like- yeah, and something else. Kevin Baumgart has been working with us on is, and you said this too, standardizing all your questions. We talk about this a bunch. Yeah. Yep. No, no, no. I think it's really important. So, so wait, what are you using? Because that's more applicable for folks listening for a project for an account manager. Um, so, like in our NIL account manager role, I give them a prompt and I'll say, like, we just signed this school. You know, uh, we want to activate a few athletes and we want to put together a six month plan for them. Um, we want to figure out maybe you know, what projects and I, and I just, I like keep it very vague. And then I give them like five tips, like try to find five players and why you would use them. And so I want them to think critically like, Hmm, this person's verified. They'd be a good qualified, you know, I'm testing. Can they qualify someone? And then I'll be like, think of something creative to do with them. And it might, you know, I just want to see like, what are they going to put out there? What are they thinking? Mm -hmm. But I also want to see like how prompt they're going to be, how well they put the presentation together. Are they going to do it an hour before, um, I was interviewing this person that seemed to be a great candidate and I said, okay, like I'd like you to meet with me early tomorrow, like eight thirty AM and they were driving in the middle of it. And I was like, what the heck? You know? So I don't know. I think, I think you have to like test, you have to like test people in different categories, whether it's behavioral, whether it's skills, whether it's, you know, all those different things. I don't know. Don't you ever throw I, little tricks in there? I, you know what I actually do for the exact role? I will take everything that they would encounter and problems that we've had in the last month and I'll make a list. And I, I'm sure you could create a list for any role of like things we need you to solve for. Um, and then those are the actual project-based questions. And the more open-ended, usually the better. Like how would you handle a situation where this, which literally happened a, a week ago, um, the more open end, the better to allow them to think. And then, and then, you know what the bonus I think with this project is when you talk about it. So the next interview, if they do it, if they spell correctly, if they like, cause if people, I mean, you could see if they bum rush through it, they, they won't spell like, there's like a lot of grammatical errors and, and whatever there. I will then bring that up 
in the finals, you know, we'll go through those questions and say, what about this? How would you do with this? And then the last question is, how would you have done this project differently? Is there anything? And it, it, it helps show if they're very self-reflective and if they can see themselves really well. I found some people out there cannot look at themselves to realize that they are screwing up. And they, they like almost live in this world where they think that they're doing fine or okay or they make those bad decisions. And yeah, I don't know. If, if they can... Ignorance, yeah. Yeah, if they can... What is the word? Is it just like self... Self-aware? Self-aware. If they're self-aware, <laughs> then okay, that's awesome. There we go. But yeah, Lattice is dope. For anybody that's growing with a team, has probably maybe 20 plus folks... Uh, L-A-T-T-I-C-E.com is helpful. And yours was Leap, Leapfrog? Leapsum. Leapfrog, Leapsum. All right. We were in Fort Worth over the weekend, Bruce. What were your thoughts? Um, It seems like business booming. I mean, a lot of new people compared to last year, Fort Worth. Tons of more people. The equipment vendors were back. Thank you. Because us as software companies are like the sort of second, maybe third tier type of booze people want to see. A lot of times it's the equipment that draws people in. Um, so MNR, Rock, Anatol, Brown. But actually like Rock was with Reese and MNR with, was with GSG, which has kind of changed a little bit over the years. Yeah. So from my understanding, everybody's reevaluated trade show spend. And after COVID, they figured, wow, we're spending a lot of money on this that we saved this year and next year. So... They're teaming up and doing like co-booths a lot of time through distributors, which, I mean, shoot, makes makes sense, right? And no point in the, those those shows are not cheap. We we were we had a we had some cool stuff happening. We got to do a live podcast um, in the Unite Together booth in the Print Girl Mafia booth, which was super cool. Yep. Uh, if you don't really follow them, follow them on Instagram. Um, I just posted about it the other day. Uh, but we got to run, we did two live shows. Um, first was with music city creative out of Nashville, which they, they have mastered the art of split fountain discharge printing and it's super cool. And their TikTok is wild. Bruce, what did you think of that? Yeah. I mean, they're using TikTok as a huge B2C marketing engine. Um, doesn't drive as much B2B, but for a consumer, for the retail stuff, huge. Uh, they make really cool videos. As everybody knows, people find screen printing fascinating when they actually see the process, you know, from the split fountain stuff to, you know, mixing ink to, uh, ink appearing on shirt, like just even basic stuff that we find like, okay, cool. Um, just went totally viral, like millions of views. And drives a lot of sales. I, th- I think something I think Jared had said there was things that you don't find interesting in your everyday shop, people find super fascinating. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you have to you have to document that over and over and over again, and be super consistent. And and we talked about how a reel goes viral, uh, and what what you need to be doing with videos um, now. Speaking of videos, and we'll get back to the next podcast. Uh, Domit Superior Inc. has been just lighting it up on Instagram with these videos. Have you seen them? Yeah. So (laughs) how do you... 
Oh, wait. Let me go to so I can spell out Superior Inc. Yeah, it's actually just at Superior Inc. The problem is spelling Superior. <laughs> Bruce can't spell. I can't spell. Uh, Bruce, can't their videos words. are, it's hilarious. It's unbelievable quality, like little drone stuff. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if they hired a full-time person on, but I'm they're sure. also doing some cool AS color uh, collaborations. So yeah, shout out to them. If you want some ideas of how to level up your video marketing, wow. At Superior Inc. Dom, don't let this get to your head. I mean, this like, you know, spraying ink all over or paint. Yeah. It was like employee, how to employee appreciation, how to, how to avoid turnover. And it was everyone throwing ink at Dom. And then like the next video was like them, you know, someone coming in to start a t-shirt line. And then another one was like Gen Z's like interviewing for a job or something. It was just, there's just funny. <laughs> yeah. It is a really good job. Really cool Denver shop. If you're in the area, um, were there any things at the show that you found interesting or unique? The DTF that I returned that was right by us the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that was unique. If you go back to the old original DTF video that we did, I had to return that machine and I'm sorry if you bought one. Um, uh, that was cool. I, the Made Lab event, Rocktober, was awesome. I, yeah. I, it was just such a good post show event. Free food, free brats, free beer. Um, just really, really well done. It's really cool. I mean, I've been in Made Lab, I don't know, three or four times now, but to see people's eyes the first time when they see it. Like, how do I get my place looking this clean? Wow, there's a lot of equipment here. It's just super cool. I don't know. I I really enjoy being in there and the team, like Tom, Ryan, Brett, they put a ton into making it really like, I mean, they they didn't miss a beat on it. Um, They even let you print. (laughs) Um, That one was super cool. And then also, I I mean, it's kind of like an Apple store for... uh, Bruce, how many shirts can you print an hour? Oh, yeah. It was up to 455, by the way. Just in case anybody wants to compete, um, only one. I think. I think my Q. I think I was lean six sigma. You know, it's like one out of. <laughs> it's some insane amount. Now I. I had a couple. Couple wrinkles, but we were dialed. Yeah. No. That. That was a super great event. Um. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks to Mainline for putting that on, and they have a ton of events, by the way. Um, embroidery workshops, uh, running an automatic. Um, automation stuff they have in Florida and Texas now. So that's madelab.io. And if you go to print hustlers that Monday, you'll get to tour it, right? Perhaps. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll see it. It's going to be right next door. So I'm sure you'll be able to, to walk in, but yeah, you're right. That was really cool. I'm glad they always put on fun events. It's nice to hang out with people. After. What, what was, what was cool for you, Bruce? What was a highlight? Um, so Besides actually this cream. was the first Ooh, shout out to Melt Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Um this was the first time that we as a like combined company did a sort of next to each other booth. So Inktavo is this umbrella name uh of which I saw as a question of like what's Inktavo on the Facebook group this morning. Um but yeah, they are the holding company name that has Inksoft, Printavo, and anything else that that may be a part of the family in the future. 
but like graphic flows under there, right? Graphics flow as well. So there's three companies right now, graphics flow, uh, Inksoft and Printavo. And if you haven't heard of graphics flow, it's kind of neat. Graphicsflow.com. Basically you can have like a really cool modern art portal on your website and you can pull all like, like really nice clip art and ideas. So if next time a shop or I'm sorry, a customer comes to you, it's like, I need uh, 50 shirts, but I don't know what to do which I even do as well as like a company. Hey, we want to do some holiday gift giving or something. I, I need a design. They have a yeah. bunch of cool stuff. We use it for vector elements. Um, there's really good vector elements in there. And a lot of our students use it for ideas and, and resources and stuff. So, so, so Inktavo is the holding company. It's not like yep. you guys are changing your name. Printavo's not changing its name to Inktavo. No, um, no, it's just the holding company. And so we're kind of next to each other, which is really interesting because a lot of people were like, maybe a customer of one, but wanted to check out another or bought a third or whatever. So, uh, that was a cool test. Uh, you know, we, we don't have integrations and things yet. Um, Neil, if you're listening, maybe working on it, could build something. Um, but no, we, we want to get there. Uh, we, we just want to shore up a lot of our, each, each other's own problems first to improve the product and then be able to integrate stuff. But yeah, speaking of which you guys just rolled out payments. Yeah. So we have Printavo payments. So brand new, um, it's our own payments platform. It's just like a feature is, is, is everything else in there now. But so what this allows us to do, and this was the goal for so long is that we wanted to be able to have our own payments platform that we could really improve on so that we could add special features that a shop would need um, onto our payments platform. And and so um, like ACH has just rolled out on it so you could do bank transfers. Uh, refunds are on it now so you could do partial or full refunds. Um, they're looking at statements. They're looking at stored payment methods so you could store credit card or bank, transfer, uh, bank info on file. So a couple things like that. And there's actually a team that's staffed out now. So like there's an engineer, there's a product owner. So that's slowly iterating too. That's a big deal. I remember you told me about ACH and I put it on a calendar and I was like, is it going to come out by this day? And I invited you to it and then you declined the invitation. <laughs> but now it's here. Do you remember that? December yeah. 31st? Like you know, it's kind of, it was kind of hard to... So when we looked at solutions like Stripe, you can't there's all these things where like you have to float cash or it has to be this or some of them, like when we were looking at Stripe, the limit was like five grand or three grand or something. For ACH, yeah. And it made no sense. Like that, that, that's not helpful. So finding a vendor that could work and then um, allowing to do everything under this, this gives us the flexibility to keep building really cool new functionality there too. So uh, that's neat. On your end is can we can we talk about your new cfo we got a new cfo you got a new it's like unwrapping the gift (laughs) we got a new cfo that's a big deal Um, i don't know how many shops have a cfo yeah um i we're in the middle of and maybe we'll announce it at some point we're raising a bunch of money right now Mm. and so when you raise money you have to know how to spend it so it's not like People are asking like, oh, do you get to keep that money? No, you have to infuse it and invest it in the business. And so, you know, when 
you have people like Mark Cuban and other friends that are writing you checks to grow the business and return money to them down the road. You have to spend it wisely and you can burn that cash really, really quickly if you're not smart with it. And so we brought on a CFO. Um, he started two weeks ago. Um, actually a longtime friend of mine was in my wedding actually, but, uh, shout out Steve. His name is Steve as well. Uh, but <laughs> it's awesome because the Steve C-suite, it's awesome because like he, he's a CPA. Um, he ran audits on like huge funds and stuff before. So this is actually like generally easier than what he was doing before, but it's obviously a different, just a career career change. Yeah. But now I don't have to worry about it. Like he monitors the bank account every single day mm-hmm. and he's just like, yeah, we're going to pay this off. Boom. We're going to do this. And, and just in like cost savings of little things, uh, it's already paid off. Now, hiring a CFO is a pretty expensive thing and it's not like anyone can go out and do it. But when we're trying to get ready for like this whole hyper growth scale thing, having someone at the helm to just like tell me, Hey, you know, like you're going to do this. I'll give you an example. We are exhibiting at the licensing sportswear tailgate show in Vegas in January, right before long beach. Our booth is $20,000 just for the freaking square. And now we have to fly everyone there and we have to build a booth and all these different things. And I'm like, yo, like he's like, yeah, like we're budgeting 40 grand for this thing. And so like, that's what you need, you know, when you're starting to make these big financial decisions that are happening really quickly, it's important to have someone at the helm. So, so when Inktavo got a CFO assigned, he helped, he's helped with a couple of things right out of the gate. And maybe this is the same for what you're seeing. Um, uh, HR. So there's a lot of yep. like helping set up and manage HR and get best practices there. Um, modeling. So like creating, so all right, 2023, what should we be spending every month and on what categories and what should our target revenue be that matches up with that? And so then what would our target profit be? Um, then at the end of the year, uh, just monitoring and creating good practices, compliance stuff. If there's any sales tax, like monitoring that and vendors around that stuff. So that's been helpful. When do you think though, like, cause obviously most people aren't fundraising and doing that stuff. When do you think, maybe appropriate to do this irregardless of that? Like, is it a revenue amount or, or what? Or, or would you have done it? Cause I remember we were talking about this before as a fractional CFO a couple of years ago where you were looking for somebody to help with modeling and budgeting and that kind of stuff. I think it really depends on what you want to do for your business, Right steady growth, nothing crazy. You want to grow 10, 15% year over year. You have a few revenue streams. You're not necessarily hiring aggressively. It's, it's, if you're planning to make big decisions, then you need more guidance. That's kind of like, that's, that's the way I look at it. I think if you're at a place where you're just like, I want to continue doing a little bit more of what I'm doing. I don't think Mm -hmm. you necessarily need one. I think you just need a really strong bookkeeper. Um, and that's where like a profit first or something fits in fractional CFOs will, you can pay them to meet with you monthly and give you some like best practices. I don't know, Bruce, I've had, I haven't, I've had okay experiences with them. Nothing crazy. You're just not yeah. going to get a hundred percent of them. I don't know. What do you think about fractional CFOs? I, for us coming up around 5 million, I was struggling with 
creating a really good budget for the year. So I always felt like I was hiring behind the eight ball. So, you know, the growth was happening, but then every time when we needed somebody, we had that we put up the job posting, we started hiring and we started getting there, but then we were already a couple months behind. And so this compounds over time and, uh, it got more and more complicated. Like, but I guess you're right. Maybe the bookkeeper helps, um, and, and maybe, maybe there's just a consultant, like you're right, like quarterly or monthly or somebody to find, but you're, I, I wasn't able to find someone. I, I don't want to say that it's not a good idea to have one though. Cause I, I feel like if I would have kept looking, I could have found someone better, but helping with that modeling seems like it would have, uh, been helpful. And then some of the HR things, things to look forward or to, or that you're going to encounter or, you know, I didn't know as much about the benefits aspect or yeah, 401k, 401k compliance Ooh. and there's a lot of surprises. Yeah. Maybe we need to talk to someone that runs a, like someone else, um, that has, I feel like every big shop, you know, maybe talk to Jeff at Redwall or something be like, you for sure have a money person, right? right? Or you're just really good at money yourself. If you're out there and you're a shop and you're really good with money, hit us up. Or if you have yeah. a really good money person, hit us up. Um, Comment or shoot me an email, Bruce. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, right, Bruce? Like, I feel like it would be helpful. Just like getting other stuff off the plate, the budgeting modeling became hard. It just really became very difficult to truly budget out with different things coming in and going out and different surprise expenses. And, uh, you know, the swings of it became difficult. But what else? Anything else here? I, think I we, mean, I think we we're not going to dive into some... hunt. We're not going to dive into Honduras today. That needs to be another episode. I mean, we did a little bit too in the other episode, but yeah, I've got some other stuff. Um, but I think it's good for next episode on here. All right, cool. All right, this is well, a good one. We haven't like done it. this in a while. I know it, you're right. We. What shirt to, are you wearing today, Bruce? This one's Lululemon. Oh. <laughs> 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 Dude, their their quality, Sandmark. Can you get <laughs> Lululemon on the uh, on the docket? I'm wearing my all made shirt from Rockford Art Deli. So thanks, Love it. I still got that one too. All right, we'll talk all to right. you later. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.